0: Good morning everybody and welcome. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 depending on where you are right across the Faith FM network from one side of Australia to the other. This is The Breakfast Show. You are with Lyle and... Mine. Good morning Lyle. How are you? I am positively different this morning because this is positively different radio. Very
1: much indeed.
0: (laughs) Why are you you laughing at me? No,
1: you're just using our slogan to apply to yourself. I like that. It's quite cool. There you go. Yeah, what are you grateful for this morning, Lyle? I'm grateful for date night. Date
0: night is the best. I get to go out with a beautiful woman for a date. It's just awesome.
1: It's the same one every time though, right? Yeah, you? absolutely.
0: <laughs> your, your beautiful <laughs> wife. <laughs> hey, when you've got a really good one, why do you go look at elsewhere?
1: Amen. Oh, I am grateful for um, the smell of the rain. I came outside my house this morning and it just smells so fresh and so clean. And it's been bucketing down the last like 15, 20 minutes. But maybe it's not raining right now, dear listener, for you, because you are actually listening to the delayed broadcast
0: So maybe this was
1: running yesterday or maybe it was running last week. You just never know.
0: Uh, Newcastle doesn't get the delayed broadcast. Oh, Newcastle. Mm, They get the live show.
1: Oh, well, good on them.
0: So if you're somewhere where you're getting the delayed broadcast and you're feeling like a little bit of a loser this morning, then there is a solution for you.
1: You too can have the live show. It's actually super easy. We make it sound like it could be so hard to get the live show or that it's exclusive to Newcastle, but it's totally not.
0: Go to faithfm.com.au, press play.
1: It's very easy. That's <laughs> not hard. Or you can download the, <clears throat> excuse me, the TuneIn app, um, which is a super. Oh, it's such an excellent app. It's free to download. You just look, um, search for Faith FM Australia, and once again, press play.
0: There you go. Simple as that. And uh, make sure you get the free version of it. Don't pay the expensive version. It will cost you an arm and a leg. So coming up no in point. today's show, mm. we are going to be talking about slavery yes, in the world today. There are yep. more slaves in the world right now than what there was in the time of Christ. It
1: was a very short interview. There
0: are more than twice as many slaves. I'm getting too much away, aren't I? Yeah. More than twice as many slaves in the world as there are people in Australia.
1: That's crazy. Yeah. It was an interview that f- seriously could have gone on the entire show. I had so many questions for the, our expert. Um, but it was over in a flash. And so I think we should have him back sometime. But we Most also definitely. have our encounter God with God. We talk about um, the Virgin Mary. Have you seen her? If you have, give us a call 1 800 Faith FM. And uh, we talk about um,
0: religious liberty
1: and how to become a philanthropist. Mm.
0: You nailed it. Yeah, okay. Thanks. if you, When you listen to the show, you're going to find that Mon struggles to get her tongue around <laughs> philanthropist.
1: Look, sometimes I say phil- phil- you're philanthropist. You. <laughs> I also say froth instead of froth.
0: <laughs> it's okay, Mon. We understand. It's all right. No, I'm German. We will take care of you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not
1: my first language
0: this English time. Hey, stay around, guys. We'll be back right after this. That was Melissa Otto with Blue Sky, your favourite there Mon
1: Yes indeed, I love that song so much I like a lot of our songs on our show, it's really great
0: stuff Yeah, so what have we got for our quiz today?
1: I am going, oh I'm debating whether I'll just do a hard one or an easy one We've done a
0: lot of hard ones lately, do an easy one for a Do chance. an easy one? Yeah do an easy okay,
1: one Okay, uh, but you do have to warn me if this one has been done before while I was sick Okay. you
0: really freaked out about that aren't you?
1: I, I don't know why no, I none am. of
0: None of them have been done yet.
1: No, because I, when I was here before my sick week, um, they were a bit mixed up and they were a lot, of, a lot on the top of the pile that had been done before. So, uh, But because I'd done them all, I knew which ones they were. Anyway. Yes. Okay. Let's do it. Who am I? So who am I out of the Bible? This is a Bible character. And the first clue is, <clears throat> I said, should I drink the blood of those men who went at the risk of their lives?
0: And this is an easy one.
1: This is an easy one. That's a kind of obscure.
0: Yeah, I know the answer to it.
1: <laughs> Should I drink the blood of this very men famous person? Who very famous? Who went at the risk of their lives? One of the most famous Bible characters, I reckon. Do you reckon?
0: Yeah, probably one of the most famous. Yeah. And okay, I'll give you another clue. Mm-hmm. This person was not was about one quarter non-Israelite.
1: Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> that's a huge help, thanks, Lyle.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, most of the big, he- most of the big heroes of uh, of the Bible are Israelite or of Israelite descent. Uh huh. Um, but this one is about one quarter, about three quarters Israelite. That's all.
1: Okay. Well, if- so he's
0: sort of like a um, he was a, he was mixed race.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: which okay. makes him interesting as a as a as a as a Israelite hero because mm-hmm. he's one of the greatest Israelite heroes, he but he was mixed. Is. He was mixed race.
1: I actually didn't know that. Yeah, mm, how about that? Mm. It's a bit like you, aren't you? A bit mixed race.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm who's not mixed race? You, well, you're pure German. Well, but,
1: yeah, I don't know how far back
0: though. <laughs> yeah. So um, um, I'm 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 a hodgepodge of uh, uh, sort of British. Western European and Sri Lankan.
1: Yeah, that's where you get your um, everlasting tan from, hey. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> no need for Those sunshine.
0: Those Indian jeans are the best. They just, um, yeah.
1: Well, if you know who it is that we're talking about, which Bible character that is, you can give us a call. The number is 1 800 Faith FM. That's 1 800 324 843. You can text if it's easier 0491 064 669. Message us on Facebook if you'd like to, Faith FM Australia. And we'll send you the prize, which today I think it should be the Faith FM t shirt. Okay Yeah Faith FM t-shirt Faith FM t-shirt
0: Coming your way It's a very cool t-shirt
1: Yeah very nice t-shirt Now Lyle I have some good news for you Do you know a supermodel By the name of Natalia Vodinova? No No Okay. she's. A
0: I don't think I know any supermodels.
1: I'm sure you do, like Elle McPherson. Susan yeah, Crawford. Yeah, yeah, okay. They're yeah, sort yeah. of um, more like,
0: my era, though, from when yeah, I was 20 yeah, years mm-hmm, old. And mm-hmm.
1: So, this is like, you know, one of the younger Aware ones. of supermodels. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, this is one of the youngest supermodels, Natalia Vodinova. She's a Russian, um, Russian supermodel. And um, you're probably wondering why I'm talking about a supermodel this morning. But, you know, I guess a lot of us would sort of associate modeling with sort of a vacuous, I don't know, maybe you know, personality, but this young lady is actually uh, an app developer, an investor and a philanthropist. And I actually caught attention of this um, because I downloaded an app yesterday through my app store and came across uh, this article. She's developed an app called Elby, which aims to turn you into a philanthropist. I can't even say anymore. A
0: philanthropist. A philanthropist, yes. No, a philanthropist. Philanthropist. Yes, not a, a f- philanthropist thanks. I can't say I can't say throth either <laughs> um, so the, uh, it's an app that changes your personality
1: well no from it, being it, it a, in a uh, it sting yeah. <laughs> it enables you to give because you know I think we all think to ourselves if I ever won the lottery or came into a lot of money or inherited like a million dollars from a rich aunt or something like that I too would become a philanthropist right we also think we would, we would like to be yeah a, and everybody you
0: know, who does inherit that kind of money doesn't not everybody well, but most yeah a lot. but
1: and, and we certainly like to think that we would do charitable good things, but we sort of attribute philanthropy to rich people, right. but she's made this app which makes it something that everyone can do and um, and it's
0: actually really cool so it's a you know the, the, the typically the most philanthropic people are poorer people really? Oh, absolutely. If you want to uh, go collecting for um, charity do mm-hmm. Don't go to a rich suburb, whatever you do.
1: Oh, really? There's a reason
0: why they're rich because they never give anything away.
1: Ah, how about that? You go
0: to the poorer suburbs where people don't have anything and that, they'll give you the shirt off their back. Mm-hmm. They the, you know, your, your average bogan suburb um, here in Australia is just, you know, the most generous place on the planet.
1: Ah, that's very interesting yeah. to know. Mm. Yeah. Well, this is an app that she developed along to, um, along with her friend Timona Finsky <coughs> who is a former Google employee. And uh, and it's actually aimed to encourage to make people um to, to p- for people to make micro donations so like one dollars five dollars ten dollars and um uh, and this is they do it by, by pressing a love button um and this builds up love coins and they can actually spend it in the love shop. So it's all about you know sharing the love, spreading the love. And so what do you
0: buying? <laughs> what are you buying? The love. Well, shop?
1: because she's a supermodel, she has access to like you know qu- clothes and fashionable items and accessories and that kind of thing. So by donating actual cash, you sort of like earn points. Mm-hmm. Um, but she said, you know.
0: Presumably you earn less points than you donate because if it was equal points to donating, then that's just like shopping, not donating well, at all. Well,
1: she said the the algorithm as to how you earn the points is a little bit different because people would usually think, oh, the more money you give, the more the more more points you get and therefore the more clothes you can buy, more these mm. like fashionable, um, you know, th- they're all like sort of exclusive items that, you know, only supermodels have access to, you yeah. know, because, you know, she works in that industry and people donate them to her. Okay, and uh, and so she puts them up, you know.
0: Ah, so this is these are items that are donated. Yeah, right. Yeah, and
1: these and they're all like pre pretty, pretty flash stuff. And not, not okay, that right. kind
0: of makes sense. Yeah,
1: but the thing is, because you know she wants this to be something that is uh, a movement in among among young people, among like kids, right? Um, because you know kids are online shopping all the time; like they're very savvy these days. And so she she's aiming at sort of at the younger generations. So she's actually capped it, so you can't donate more than ten US dollars per day. Um, f- at, for each of eight causes. Mm-hmm. So 80 bucks is the most you can do a day. And uh, you don't actually get more love coins um, for for giving like a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more about like continual giving. So if every day you're just, you know, oh yeah, I'll give $5 here And then every day, oh, $5 here. And then like, you know, over a month, you'll have more coins than someone who like just came on and just dropped a stash of money and then left. So it's to encourage, you know, continue- regular, yeah. regular, consistent regular, consistency, yeah. turning you into a
0: philanthropist. That's actually a biblical principle.
1: Isn't that great? Consistent,
0: and- consistent giving rather than mm-hmm. just one big dump here and there is a biblical principle. You know, Paul told uh, the disciples at Corinth. That, you know, when he was collecting, um, he's collecting, you know, disaster relief goods for Palestine mm-hmm. to every Sunday put yeah. something aside to store it aside in their home. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, so that he, he said, so there be no gatherings when I come, to quote the old English, mm-hmm. because he knew that if he arrived, up, arrived there and everybody just sort of dumped in, a you know, just a one big one-off um, donation, it would be great, but it wouldn't be that great. But if everybody put something small aside and they stored it in their home each week when he came, it would be a much bigger and more effective uh, way of giving. Exactly. So this supermodel has discovered a biblical principle.
1: (laughs) An old biblical principle. And, you know, I think it's great because, um, you know, with encouraging to do it like smaller amounts continuously, it it really will change people because, you know, it's the habits that we do every day, the little ones, that become our character, that become our personality. And, uh, And I think, you know... People just dropping a large amount of money one off is i guess it's you know it's a bit like the Pharisees in the Bible who like would do like one big act and then talk about it in the street corner and talk about how great I am how great i am so this is this is nice because you know like bragging about donating five dollars is you know, who would do that? Mm. You know, so I, I really like what they've done. And, um, and this is actually not her first charity either. Um, this Vodinova chick. She has a nickname. They call her the Supernova because, you know, supermodel and her last name's Vodinova. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when she was uh, in her early 20s, she also set up a, uh, a charity called Naked Heart Foundation, um, which built more than 190 play areas for children in deprived areas of Russia. And um, it's specifically for kids, like you know, with disabilities, and, uh, and you know, and it seeks to change attitudes towards disabilities because uh, her sister is um, severely autistic. So it's amazing what people can do when they set their mind to it. Um, you know, building a, a charitable app is—I it never would have even have occurred to me to do something. So I don't know. At, at the front of technology,
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: like when I think of like charity, I think of like you know.
0: You think of a charitable app, it's like, oh, I just uh, put an app together where people can, uh, you know, click a button and money goes somewhere and, hey, that's done. But she's done actually done it in a really, really cool way.
1: Yeah, and an access to the entire world. Like, you know, we can go outdoor knocking, but that's only like one street, one suburb, one country really. So, yeah, have a look at the LB app. It's spelled E-L-B-I. Maybe you'd like to donate. Uh, we're going to have a song break. This is Jaden Lavick, This Is My Father's World. And I hope you have a good think about where you can maybe donate something recently. <laughs>
2: things
0: Jaden Levick, this is My Father's World here on Faith FM. And Mond, we have another clue for yes. our quiz. Who is this fascinating Israelite hero who was only pretty much just uh, three-quarters Israelite?
1: Second clue. Mm-hmm. Peter said, I didn't ascend to heaven.
0: That's a really good clue
1: mm-hmm. Peter said I did <laughs> ascend to I, I heaven am,
0: I am surprised to see that clue coming up there So here you've got a great Israelite hero Who the Bible says is not in heaven
1: uh-huh. If you think you know the answer, give me a call 1-800-FAITH-FM
0: ah, Very good Okay, so we have um, Amon
1: Yes, what's going on? What's going on? Tell me everything
0: What do you Where what, what do you reckon the most atheist nations in the world are?
1: Oh, the most atheist nations have got to be um, like, you know, France, Sweden, Switzerland, I reckon. Yeah.
0: Hmm.
1: Why are you looking at me, Grumpy? Because I've got it right? No. Oh. <laughs> what?
0: Okay. So, if you go to France, mm. um, 64% of French people identify as being Christian. Really? If you go to Switzerland, 75% of them. And what was the other one you named? Sweden, 52%. Like Sweden. Wow. Yeah, so Christianity is not as dead as people think it is.
1: That's really surprising, you know, considering they had like the whole, you know, French Revolution stuff and It's yeah. very
0: surprising indeed. Um and so the uh the average of um um Europe, which we often, you know, look at Europe as being, you know, a very secular nation and all the rest, but the average is about uh, uh about 65% that identify as being religious. And so if you look at Western Europe, your most religious countries, okay, which ones do you think are your most religious in Western Europe?
1: Uh, in Western Europe, most religious? Yeah. Um, mm, 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 like uh, Spain?
0: Spain at 66%. Um,
1: Portugal?
0: Portugal at 83%. Okay, Ooh, now, you, now la, you're la, doing la, well. Okay, What about wh- Andorra? I haven't got Andorra listed. Oh, it's too small. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a, is that a country? Is it? Where is Andorra? Have you got that and, on your list of countries you've been I've, to? Have that doesn't even Andorra. count. Andorra, I
1: have been to Andorra. It is nestled between uh, Spain and um, France. It's yes. very small, very small.
0: Now, it is actually here on my map, but it is not big enough to have a number on it. <laughs> okay, so come on.
1: So, it, Portugal's still not the highest one?
0: Portugal is not the highest one, is it? No, Portugal. Oh, you're right. Portugal is the highest, 83%. Yes. Yeah, well done.
1: So, who's the lowest? Is it in Europe?
0: Western Europe. Is it? Yeah, Western Europe. It is, it, yeah, Western it Europe. is in Western Europe. It's uh, Netherlands.
1: Oh, the Netherlands.
0: At about 41%. Oh. And, but uh, Portugal, 83%. Ireland at 80%. Italy at 80 uh Switzerland at seventy five, Austria at eighty, Finland at seventy seven. They're your, your most religious countries?
1: Actually now that you've mentioned Italy, I'm surprised it wasn't Italy. Yeah, why, why? yeah. <laughs> why was I going with Portugal?
0: <laughs> I'm surprised you went with Switzerland as being low. Well actually I've been to Switzerland and yeah. I've Yeah.
1: Yeah, same.
0: So uh you know France, Norway and Sweden are definitely lower and Belgium. Sixty-four, uh 55 percent, and the rest of the other countries Um, Spain, the UK, 73%. Germany, what do you reckon Germany rates at?
1: Probably in the middle-ish. Yeah, 71%. Uh, they identify as being surprising. religious.
0: So our world is not as atheist as what atheists like to portray it as being. No, when you, when you you talk to atheists and atheists just assume that, you know, the whole educated world are atheists these yeah, days. Religion is yeah. a thing yeah. of the past. Mm-hmm. Not so.
3: hmm
0: And so these are people who identify as being uh, Christian. And within that bracket, you've got about 18%, so about 65% that identify as Christian, about 18% that are regular churchgoers. Mm-hmm. And within that larger percentage, um, outside of that sixty-five percent, you've got a very high percentage of people who believe in God, yeah, um, or a higher power or a higher being mm-hmm. that uh, don't believe that we necessarily came from nothing.
1: Yeah, because these aren't necessarily Christians; these are people who believe in like a higher. Spiritual yeah, there is there
0: is there is more to. More to uh, the universe than just mm-hmm. you know who is living here, th- those who are living here on planet Earth, and so atheism is actually a minuscule minority of the population of our world. Just a noisy minority, that's all. A very very vocal and do noisy you, minority that, whenever they speak, assume that the whole world agrees with them.
1: Do you think it's something to do? You remember how we had Daniel Renault um, interviewed on here just a few weeks ago about his new book with the, with the Anzacs,
0: Faith of the Anzacs. Yeah,
1: and he, we were discussing how in Australia. People think that we're not very religious because we don't talk about it, but we actually are deeply spiritual. It's just not considered polite to discuss yeah, it. Yeah,
0: culturally, we don't talk about religion.
1: Do you think maybe the same thing's happening in Europe?
0: Very much so. I, I, I well, you're European, so you would be able to comment on that more than I would. But mm-hmm. that's what I—that's the impression that I get when I go to Europe. It's just uh, one of those things that people keep more privately than, say, in the United States, where you know you go to the restaurant and people sit down and say grace.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true.
0: You just see that all over the place. It's just not uncommon.
1: Yeah, I have to admit, I was absolutely stunned the first time I went to the states and walked into a petrol station, and there was, you know, cause you know how they sell all kinds of stuff at the petrol station at the servo, and they had a, a, a book rack. And it was full of religious books, and I was just astounded. I've never <laughs> seen anything like that in Australia.
0: <laughs> yeah, so Americans tend to be very, very open about speaking mm. about religious issues, uh, but in Australia we—is
1: uh, it that whole like it's impolite to discuss politics and religion and sex? Is that what it is?
0: Probably it's yeah. a, probably our, our British heritage coming through there yeah. somewhere. We have more of a—we haven't because we didn't have a revolution. I don't think we rejected our British heritage as much as uh, mm. as the United States. Do you did. wish we'd
1: had a revolution?
0: No. No, because a revolution would have brought bloodshed and division and uh, (laughs) what would it have gained, you know? Yeah, true. Seriously, Mm -hmm. I mean- America had a bloody revolution where thousands and thousands of people died. Homes were torn apart. And is it really a better country than Australia? And
1: now they have Donald Trump as their president
0: <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. Enough said. Uh, okay, let's not
1: talk about that too much. Uh, let's, let's not talk, not talk about okay, politics. While we're, we're talking about America
0: and politics, yes. uh, Mike Pompeo, the Secretary of State, uh, just yesterday released his global annual global report on religious freedom.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And used that to announce a ministerial meeting to advance religious freedom around the world. Oh, wow! Around the world. Ooh, that sounds a bit you know ominous. Well, it's kind of interesting because it's like, yes, we love freedom, so we're going to make everybody have the same kind of freedom that we have.
1: Yeah. It's, mm. <laughs> like, it, it, but anyway, anyway, good. there are some yeah. there
0: are some good aspects to it go as on. well as uh, go on. Pardon the cynic in me. I tend to oh. be such a cynic when it comes to these things. <laughs> yeah, But he said that this meeting is not going to be a discussion group and it 's not going to be and America are not going to be spectators on the world field, in other words, we America says we 're going to roll up our sleeves and we are going to jump right in there and export American values and American religious freedom to the rest of the world, which is both a good and a bad thing because mm-hmm. America, yes, has a great history of religious liberty mm-hmm. which has recently been tarnished by um doing away with religious liberty in relationship to same-sex marriage mm-hmm. you know yep. the cake wars people being imprisoned for their faith mm-hmm. um, all of this kind of thing has uh, definitely tarnished their so okay so if you're going to export your version of religious liberty does that include uh your version of non-religious liberty as well
1: yeah that's the thing that's the first thing that I thought of if they're gonna you know um, export their religious their version of religious liberty and does that mean they in some way then Control world religious liberty. So oh, if you, they ever yeah. start going a bit darker, and they you know want to you know fine tune how they decide that religious liberty should be you know dealt out, do we then suddenly not have religious liberty well, as it, world? It
0: almost feels like America loves religious liberty as so long as religious liberty is evangelical Christian, mm-hmm. because Donald Trump is you know famously anti-Muslim, mm-hmm. and uh, you know. But anyway, that aside. Um, They have um, highlighted some countries in which uh, um, abuse is up, such as Saudi Arabia, which is one of America's closest allies, uh, Turkey, Mm -hmm. a NATO ally, uh, North Korea, and Iran, which I kind of found interesting because when I was in Iran um, a couple of years ago, they were talking about um, the four religions that they have in Iran. They have uh, Islam, they have Christianity, they have Zoroastrianism, and I've gone blank on what the fourth one was. But all of these religions have representatives in the government. And a mm-hmm. lot of people outside Iran don't actually know that. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So Christianity is not banned in Iran. Mm-hmm. It's definitely very, very challenging, incredibly challenging to proselytize in Iran. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Christianity, Christianity has positions within the government that the government has set aside specifically for Christians to hold. Um. And then, of course, they said that uh, persecution was down in Russia and Cuba. Now I'm thinking, how is it down in Russia when they have just had a massive crackdown on proselytization? Mm-hmm. They've imprisoned, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses all over the place, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it's it's almost impossible. You know, we used to go to uh, Russia all the time and do evangelism there. That's that's almost impossible these days. So that seemed a little bit strained to me. And of course, uh, Myanmar, Burma, with a um, Rohingya. Muslims is a, uh, yeah, really. Yeah, anyway, there's some highlights from around the world as far as religious liberty goes.
1: It's very interesting. Thanks for bringing that report to us, Lyle. This is Anna Laura with Abide in Me.
0: back everybody you were listening to um anna laura with abide in me here on faith fm now mon i have uh i have wayne Ulrich on the phone who is the ceo of um asian aid
1: oh wow okay yep
0: and he's going to be talking to us about slavery in our world today
1: slavery yeah wow okay yeah wasn't expecting that
0: okay you you didn't know slavery still existed well you said asian
1: aid so i was thinking like helping orphans okay
0: so and and possibly we will get to talk about that as well. But, Wayne, welcome to the show. Yeah, good morning. Now, Wayne, just to, um, very quickly, just to get us started and to introduce uh, who you are, um, very briefly, what is Asian Aid and how long has it existed?
4: Um, Asian Aid is now just over 51 years in existence. It started in the garage um, of a lovely lady's house, um, looking at child support sponsorship um, and it's come a long way since then and we have more than we have 4,626 children that we are now presently um, supporting overseas um, and working with them on you know child development and child focused programming.
0: Mm, Fantastic now um, now what's your background for you know for doing this kind of work I understand that you've done a lot of work around uh, around the world in the last um, you know however many years Um, what have you actually been involved in previous to Asian Aid?
4: Oh well, I I grew up I grew up in in Sydney and went I was mechanic at the Sanitarium Health Food Company and then in 1985 I left the country, um, and spent 31 years of my life uh, traveling around the world, um, working in countries of war and conflict, uh, primarily things like Rwanda, Afghanistan, uh, Liberia, Somalia, um, you name it. Um, and then uh, midway through that, about probably about 15 years after that, I, I then started working in countries where natural disasters and civil unrest was, was occurring and was focused on child protection, child rights, and giving children the opportunity to basically um, yeah, live and, and grow and mature. Um, so a lot of my work was working with governments and ministers and presidents and agencies on on policies and, and and protection of of vulnerable
0: yeah, oh. and that sounds like just an amazing, uh, amazing story yeah. that we would love to hear more of at some stage. But you've just put out this—oh, well, uh, any time! Yeah, <laughs> you just put out your uh, what is it? A quarterly magazine that Asian Aid puts out, um, which has the which highlights the issue of slavery in our world. And I particularly wanted to talk about slavery this morning because you know this was something that I guess if you you know typically we think back to the ancient world where you know this was a normal part of life and 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 there were lots of slaves. Um, you know, even even the Apostle Paul speaks about slavery quite casually, really. Um, and how slaves should 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 uh, behave. Um, now, and, and of course, then we have the history of slavery, I guess, in the southern states and the United States, which is also very famous. But I guess the impression that I often have is that slavery has almost disappeared in the modern world. Is that true?
4: No, on, on the contrary. On the contrary, um, slavery is very, very relevant um, today, as it was in the day of Jesus' time. I mean, Slaves, for the, for the, you, might, you might recall the slaves for the Jews and the slaves for the Israelites were, before the Romans came in, um, they were almost a family member. Yeah, but then like, when the Romans came in and kind of an, started to enforce rules and regulations and treated slaves as kind of subjects or objects rather than individuals, that's when things really went bad.
0: Mm, mm. Do you have any, uh, any figures there on the, the, uh, the number of slaves that there would, have, there would be in the world right now?
4: Um, all oh, around the world. Uh, there's th- from the current estimates, there's probably about forty-six million um, slaves worldwide, and there's a- about ten of those, ten million of those are children, and that means children are, are individuals under the age of eighteen.
0: Right. So half um, the population of Australia, then they're about children who are slaves, a- a- and slaves in uh, general, about you know a little bit more than twice the population of Australia. That's what that's what we're talking about.
4: Yeah, um, well, globally, those globally, are the global yeah, figures. Yeah. Um, now, I I haven't counted each one of them, but uh, there are organisations out there which are focusing on this um, full time, and they, especially the the International Labour Organisation, and they are the ones bringing up these figures. and And I, I I for one believe that I've seen so much overseas that you know it's. Uh, yeah, slavery is very, very serious issue, and it is very much in our face at the moment.
1: How does how does a child end up in slavery? Like, are they are the parents putting them in slavery? Are they like running away and getting lost? Like, how how do you, how do you get a child in slavery?
4: Um, well, if you think of the old version of slavery where you have somebody shackled in chains, um, that's not what we're talking about. What what we're talking about is. Things like forced and early marriage, um, children being married um, even before they're 10 years of age. Um, forced labor is another one. Sexual exploitation is another one. Um, you know, it used to be okay to kind of say that you like children, and now when you say you like children, somebody's going to lock you away. Mm-hmm. Um, times have changed, and so have the ways that slavery has. Enroged into our lifestyles, and every country in the world, um, there is some form of slavery going on. But essentially, there's probably five, four or five countries in around the the, the world which are predominantly in the spotlight and and the highest kind of um, countries of of slavery. And that is, um, if I remember rightly, India, China, uh, Bangladesh, Pakistan, and uh, what was the other one uh uzbekistan i think it was um those are the five um top countries where where slavery is 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 just you know going out of going out of control
0: mm. now you mentioned um sexual sexual exploitation of of children outside of that mm. what kind of things are child slaves involved in
4: um i yeah i, I also mentioned forced and early marriage because early marriage or forced marriage takes about 40% of child um, exploitation, child slavery um, kind of statistics. Mm. Sexual exploitation is ha- about half of that, about 20%. Um, and forced labor is around 16, 17% in regards to the breakdown. So if you've got 10 million children, and then let's say 40% of that is um, forced and early marriage, then you've got what is that? Four thousand, four million children. Um, Two million children ex- sexual exploitation, um, and the others around labour, uh, four products, um, and four kind of items that um, we actually may be buying um, in some of the shops and some yeah, of the so, stores. So so. so, so
0: labour. What kind of labour are children doing?
4: Um, there's children in in fabric industry, in um, clothing, food. Um, the, it's, the supply chain is where the main issues are all about is the demand and the supply. So if we want, you know, if we go into Woolies and we start, you know, wanting to buy some products or we um, like, you know, that, that come from overseas or, or fabrics or clothes um, that are, we want to buy a cheap pair of Nike shoes. How, how are these guys able to sell shoes? Well, you know, there's a there's a very big process that goes through this um, supply chain, and there are many, many places, uh, India, Bangladesh, of I've already named, where the fabric and the manufacturing industries are basically what keeps those villages and those um, places going. Um, and there are there are a lot of organisations, um, a lot of. Companies, shoe companies, and others, uh, clothing companies, that are conscious of this and they're doing things about it. But on the whole, um, it's very, very cheap to make um, clothing, food, um, produce in in what you would call third world countries um, compared to our our countries.
0: Sure, sure. So um, when we, uh, y- you know, I've, he- I've heard the argument that um, if we stop buying. You know, um, clothing and you know goods like that that are made in um, slave environments. That the slaves themselves, you know, the, the local economies will collapse and the slaves themselves will starve. Is that the reality?
4: What What needs to be done is investment in development, in community development, in family development, um, in those particular countries, and give them alternate ways of. Um, uh, earning an income through the families, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it is not. So rather than the big multinational
0: out- companies coming in and just, um, you know, sl- setting up sweatshops, um, they, can, they they should yeah. actually oh. in- invest there and, yeah.
4: Look, multinational companies um, will look anywhere around the world to get whatever they want um, at the cheapest, um, yeah, rate that they can they can find. That's why they are called multinationals because they can look at any mm-hmm. country and have you know rubber made in one rubber for one country you know kind of nylon made from another place and and you know um, different types of um, what would you say fabric from cotton to to wool to it from different countries and then they just pull it all together like our like our car industry today you know in Australia we no longer manufacture you know the full car holding or afford in Australia. Why? Because multinationals look elsewhere for cheaper products, and we basically assemble them together now in Australia. Sure, sure.
0: Um, um, speaking about Australia, does slavery exist in Australia? How's this about? us that.
4: Does does well? Do you, um, yeah. Every country, every country, slavery, slavery is evident. Um, but it is a lot more evident in countries where uh, the rules, the regulations, uh, are not as tight um, as countries like ours. But you still see a lot of um, individuals being exploited um, when you when you consider sexual exploitation, abuse of power um, as one form of slavery. Um, I think many people listening to this radio program would would themselves know of cases where young children, um, individuals have Mm. been forced to do things against their will. Um, And, uh, yeah, if you know of those types of cases, you have an obligation to bring that to the attention of the authorities. Yeah, and that's the good thing about about
0: living in Australia is that it's a legal requirement to do so if we... um if, if we know about it and, and we can be prosecuted if we keep our mouths shut as some very famous people recently have been prosecuted. Um,
4: so <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> yeah,
0: we've already been there here on Faith FM, believe me. But uh, that's a story for another day. Um, is it possible, do you believe, to eradicate slavery from our world?
4: It's going to require a huge um, advocacy program globally to really address... At, at the biggest levels. Um, normally, what happens is the smaller organizations, the smaller industries are the ones that get shut down mm-hmm. because the bigger industries have stronger mechanisms. They have bigger a n- lot more lawyers, a lot more kind of um, abilities of staying out of the spotlight. So. The, the smaller industries suffer, the smaller industries kind of end up being shut down and put in the spotlight. Unfortunately, um, that's what we're seeing still. Um, but what we have to do, that there is presently a very big campaign lobbying the Australian government and other governments of the world on what's called the introduction of the Modern Day Slavery Act. Um, and I believe that we will see in Australia this act come into enforce sometime er- uh, latter part of this year, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, all you've got to do is get on Google and type in um, Slavery Act Australia and you'll find uh, hundreds and hundreds of documents from from some multinationals, from industry, from organisations, from church groups, lobbying the government to bring this into play as quick as possible to address and put pressure on our government to also put pressure on other governments to to step up and, and take this seriously.
0: Yeah, and this is not a, a question I had because you mentioned China and India as being two of the biggest countries, or two of the two countries that you know are um, major countries that have a lot of slavery in them. But and these are two of the biggest countries population wise in the world do they have a um, you know is this an issue that is concerning them or are they turning a blind eye to it or are, or are they encouraging slavery
4: oh <laughs> I man in your opinion you put me on the spot <laughs> i I, look, I i i don't know uh, i haven't worked from for your long from your observation in, in china yeah. um from from asia from asia i i've been Working with Aid and Aid now um, about a year and a half, and we have projects in India. We have projects in Bangladesh, uh, which are two of those top five. Um, there are laws that are, are there in those countries to protect individuals um, from these types of things, but there are always um, loopholes. There are always individuals and organisations that look for ways around um, sure, sure. these types of things. And really, and so what in India.
0: Yeah. Really really quick before you go. Um, give me a dollar figure if there is a child that's in danger of going into slavery, how much would it cost me to keep them out of slavery per week?
4: Well, um for us we uh, we've done we've done the maths, and we believe that, you know, by someone donating um, to us $650 a year, 650 That's here. about two That's, that's great. That's about two $2, that's yeah. about $2 a day. Yep. Um you know, you can you can
0: Mon. Mm-hmm believe in miracles.
1: Look, if God can change my life, I think I definitely believe in miracles.
0: Okay, so the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church is making a difference in its community.
1: Oh yeah, how?
0: Well, it's worshipping together, loving together, learning together, and above all, preparing for Jesus to return together.
1: Ooh, that sounds good. When's all this happening?
0: Bible studies start at 10am, service at 11am, and guess what that's followed by?
1: Or well, is it this free lunch I keep hearing about?
0: Absolutely.
1: Oh, well, please join us at the Hamilton 7th 7th Day Adventist Church. Our address is 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton, New South Wales.
0: Every Saturday morning where you will be welcomed with a smile.
3: Space FM